You're listening to the Red Bull Amapico podcast, Baltimore edition. From a personal experience, I often forget to eat until very late at night, which is an unhealthy habit. And I was experiencing extreme levels of compassion fatigue. Open your blinds and let the sun shine in. Or if it's not sunny, turn on a song that you love. Get up and dance. We're in Baltimore for the Six Amapico Academy with 15 social entrepreneurs from around the country. And in each episode, we'll be answering a question that affects everyone trying to make a change in their community. The first question we're looking at is how do you stay well when you're using your time, talent, and energy to do something positive? We'll be meeting an entertainment executive who traded in 25 years in the music business for her own foundation that deals with mental health. We'll meet the man behind Baltimore's Black Male Yoga Initiative, a young leader transforming vacant lots into flower farms, and a woman trying to create a higher education pipeline on the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribes Reservation where she lives. Music exec and founder of Silence the Shame, Shanti Das. So what's up? I am Shanti Das. I am here uh, representing my foundation, um, the Hip Hop Professional Foundation, but more importantly, a movement that I started called Silence the Shame. When you are really passionate about a cause, you own it and it, and it becomes, you know, embedded in your DNA almost. It's like you live and you breathe it every single day. And so whether you're fighting, you know, um, sex trafficking with young girls or mental health or poverty or, you know, you, you find yourself, you know, thinking about it 24-7. Um, yes, you probably have been tasked with, you know, leading, you know, a charge in your community or the effort. But what I do understand is it's important sometimes to take a moment to step back and have that time in your day. I always tell people we have the same 24 hours in a day, right? Everyone does, but it's how you prioritize your time. And so I try to build in Shanti time every day where it's not about social media. You know, I have to, um, I don't even want to talk about my foundation, Silence of Shame. I just want to be there sometimes and sit and watch a guilty pleasure TV show or watch, I, I love movies. So I incorporate things that make me happy because again, you're, you're dealing with such heavy issues that weigh on your heart and you want to save the world, but you got to make sure you're saving yourself at the same time. And that's where that balance comes into play. I want to know how some of our other Red Bull and Pico social entrepreneurs approach their wellness. Here's Walker Marsh, who runs a flower farm in East Baltimore and Ali Moran, who pairs mentors with high school students on her reservation in South Dakota. Hello, everyone. Hello, my relatives. My name is Ali Moran, and I am from the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, located in South Dakota. The organization that I created it is the Wakpawash Day Scholars Alliance, which is the Cheyenne River Scholars Alliance. But I included our, our language within my uh, organization's title just to touch on the, the two worlds that we live in and the duality. I work with the youth. It's aimed towards the youth to provide them with the tools necessary to successfully transition into a higher education setting. Um, because oftentimes our Indian education system uh, lacks the college readiness uh, classes and our youth often lack those skills um, that they need to successfully 
move on to higher education? Uh, so my name is Walker Marsh um, from Baltimore. Uh, I'm the owner, founder, and farmer of the Flower Factory. And uh, the Flower Factory is an urban flower farm. Uh, our basic mission is to simply grow together and to, to grow flowers, to grow people, to grow community. Um, really trying to change the perspective of how we view our neighborhoods and how we, we see each other and, and just view growth and everything. So I know my project doesn't necessarily deal with wellness, but but working with our youth and helping them implement goals, uh, working towards their goals, wellness is pretty much just a part of that because in order to work on a goal and in order to work for the community, you yourself need to be at a place of being healthy and, and whole with yourself before you can start giving to others. Wellness can be a struggle for people when they're working for their communities because oftentimes you just get so um, involved in your work and oftentimes, like from a personal experience, I often forget to eat until very late <laughs> at night, which is an unhealthy habit. Um, like I could go all day without eating just because I'm so dedicated to getting work done. It's just so funny to hear you say that because I like have the exact same problem. Like yeah. when I'm out at the farm, like, and I'm like working, you would think like you're eating through the whole process, but I have to have my, my partner, Jen, out there. And she's like, Walker, did you eat anything? Like, have you eaten? And it's like, like, yeah, you just go super in it and you're just like, oh, I'm just moving. I'm just doing. And then you'd be like, oh. I'm actually really hungry. I don't think I ate all day today, yeah. <laughs> you know. It, I, I think it, it's very important that you, you show it because, you know, we both kind of work with young folks and with working with young folks, you become a mentor to them and then you become that example that they set when they feel like, you know, what it is to be successful. Like they want to be like, hey, I want to be like, like Walker, I want to be like Ali. Like, you know, it's like you have to show them the way and, and it's something that I struggle with myself because I'm just so focused on, like I said, the day-to-day. -day. I'm not thinking about what I'm eating. You know, I, I just started to really adopt a lot of good habits. But, you know, it really shows because, you know, the things that I do, my my growers out at the farm, they uh, they model those behaviors. And it's like, you know, I want them to, to grow into the best that they can be. Meet Changa Bell, founder of the Black Male Yoga Initiative. He knows a lot about staying well. All right, so I need everyone to sit up uh, tall from the length of their spine. I want you to start to get in contact with your breath. Just observe it. You don't need to control it to see where it's beginning from. Does it emanate from the belly or the chest? Yoga instills wellness in uh, the population that I'm targeting, which is black men ages 16 to 65, in a number of ways. Uh, it does seem to differ a little bit uh, depending on the population. When I'm working with young men that are below the age of 20 uh, that may have some social issues or some mental issues dealing with post-traumatic stress, uh, the science in the application of yoga is a little bit different. I usually have to put it in a different framework under a different context. Uh, but I, I do much more physical work with those men first to quiet their mind, 
uh, a lot of heart overhead type of postures, uh, inversions, but definitely something very physical to get them relaxed. We're not really connected, and especially with um, you know my juvenile offenders or my foster kids, people that have been through a lot of traumatic experiences, they learn to hide. They pull away from their body, and they hide out in their minds because in the mind you can create any kind of world that you want to experience. So there they can be safe, they can be tough, um, and these are the reactions we see on the streets. I said, wouldn't it be great and sort of... Um, you know, begin to mitigate or ameliorate some of the social issues we have within the black community, especially here in Baltimore City and really every major city across the nation if we had trained people uh, as yoga instructors because part of that 10-month process is a self-realization that happens uh, that makes you a more whole human being. And then uh, typically, I, I just at least it's my belief, I can't speak for all of humankind, I believe that humans are good-natured uh, and that once you tap into that, the compassion alone would have you, you know, pay that forward. The hope is, is that as we train more African-American men, that it would mitigate premature death in the older, you know, sort of the, the 35 to 54 category, uh, that the diabetes, hypertension, uh, all of these stress diseases would go away because they would have knowledge of uh, practices that would just totally get rid of those things. And then for the younger demographic, uh, that is uh, troubled, because not all young black men are troubled, but specifically me working with uh, sort of mentally distressed individuals, that they would not only become realized and more spiritually mature in that, um, that process, but they would pass that on to other young men. But I was experiencing extreme levels of compassion fatigue, uh, because I'm an empathetic person, and the, the populations I was working with, I was going to bed, I couldn't go to sleep at night. I was going to bed thinking about these kids, and um, not not a lot, but quite a few wind up literally dead. You know, they get murdered, and um, you know, there's connections you have, and you know, I was not trying to save anyone, but trying to empower them so that they could save themselves. And so, with each loss, it's sort of frustrating, and um, I, I started to realize that I wasn't practicing as much as I was preaching. I was out evangelizing so much that I had lost my own personal practice. Uh, so what yoga means to me now in continuing this work is that I have to also make the time uh, to be sure that I'm uh, doing the balancing work of yoga. So I do that, and that keeps me out of the hospital um, because I used to go in often for, like, panic attacks and, and, uh, and things. So I haven't been to the ER in about two years. We're at Shake and Bake Family Fun Center on Pennsylvania Avenue doing some yoga, some dancing, some roller skating. Families have been coming here for generations to relax, play, enjoy themselves, and so we figured we should ask them, how do you stay well? Hi, I'm Sue Lynn. Um, I live in South Baltimore currently. And this is Naila. <laughs> I was going to use a different name. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Nay. Um, I'm from Baltimore. I don't know, for me, um, putting on a good song and just dancing makes me feel better almost all the time? Um, I think my initial instinct, if I need a mood booster, is to actually do the opposite and avoid it and try to sleep. But I think I've been challenging myself more recently to last music. I just got a new speaker, um, and that made a huge difference. So dancing is definitely something I'm trying to do, even when I wake up in the morning um, to get my day started. Hello, my name is Brian Furr. I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, but I now reside in Baltimore. I do a couple things to stay well. I try to improve my mental health by constantly reading and improving myself. I uh, try to keep a clear head and 
clear my karma by doing anything I can in the community, community service. I have a, a community-based job at Living Classrooms Foundation, and I work with at-risk youth. And um, I try to spend as much time with my family because I know that being happy uh, releases positive endorphins, which actually heals your body. My name is Devontae, I'm from Baltimore. And what I do to make myself feel better when I'm down is, like, I just stretch out, do exercises, and then go play sports or something. Back to Shanti Das. Last sentence, your one piece of advice to social entrepreneurs about staying well as they fight the good fight. Open your blinds and let the sun shine in. Turn on a song that you love. Get up and dance. You know, that goes a long way for your mental wellness. It just puts you in a good mood instantly. You're listening to the Red Bull Amapico podcast, Baltimore edition.